Hi, welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Alex Papas, Senior Pastor at Oceans Unite Christian Center. Well, good evening, everybody. It's great to see you all this evening. Amen. Thank you for coming out on this rather chilly evening. It's a little chilly, you know. <laughs> Amen. And um, I believe I have a word from the Lord for us this evening. I'm excited about it. Amen. Just, I think my favorite thing is the Word of God. It's just my favorite, favorite thing. I just love God's Word, you know. It's so much better than video games. Amen. Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 9. This is such a powerful scripture. And I want you to know that you are in the right place at the right time. And God has a plan for you. This scripture is when Paul is discussing his, you know, he, he talks about how he's gone to the Lord three times and the Lord has not taken away the thorn that's in his flesh. And he makes this statement, he said, and he said to me, verse number nine, he said to me, this is God who said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Yes. Now, you know, this is just so powerful. And if we wanted to get, you know, theological about it, we could talk about the fact that, the fact that in the second part or the B part of the chapter of the verse, he brings up, I would rather boast in infirmities, which would actually suggest that the thought in Paul's flesh was sickness and not sin. But we're not going to do that tonight. Amen? Are you all okay? okay? What I want us to focus on tonight is the fact that God is strong no matter what goes on with us. No matter where we are in our walk with Him, His strength is always perfect. And you know, Many times in your walk with God, there's kind of like a couple of things I'm gonna try and get to tonight because there's a few things I think the Lord wants to say to us this evening. But one thing is for sure, is regardless of our weaknesses, shortcomings, if we, if we, if we submit ourselves to God, He will show us exactly who He is. But it does require us to actually make a decision to submit ourselves to God. You know, if you want to get rid of the devil, the Bible says submit to God. Resist the devil. I often hear people when they quote that verse, they just say resist the devil and he will flee. And it's true, but for, don't forget the part at the beginning that says submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Many people want the breakthrough or willing to stand up against the enemy but they don't want to submit to God. Now, we know that God, if you really 
look at your life, everything that you need, He is everything that you need. He's absolutely everything that you could possibly desire and more and some and even more than that. Ephesians 2.14 says this, for He Himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. But what I want you to focus on is it says there that He Himself is our peace. Most of us at some point in our lives, very often actually, really desire to have peace. But the Bible tells us that if you want real peace, the one who gives real peace, not as the world does, but real peace, is He Himself. In fact, not only does He give peace, but it says in verse 14 that He Himself is our peace. That's powerful. Philippians 4.19 says this, and my God shall supply all of your needs. Everybody say all. Of your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I want you to know that God is not only your peace, but God is also your provider. He is your provider. He is your provision. He will supply everything that you need. Everything you need, He'll supply. supply. Verse, uh, Exodus 15, verse 26 says this. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. Now watch. For I am the Lord who heals you. God is a provider. He is our peace, and he is also our healer. God is always, always a healer. I have seen God's healing power in so many ways. We always want to look for a physical healing, and I love a physical healing. But God wants to heal your soul. He wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal so much. And I want you to know that that's who He is. He's peace. He is a provider. He is a healer. Let's go to Psalm 118, uh, 18, verse number 1. Are you guys okay? Psalm 18, verse number one. Don't worry, I'm going to go somewhere eventually. But you need to maybe just hear this tonight. Maybe somebody in here needs to know that He is enough. And that's the title of the message this evening. He is enough. He is enough. Psalm 18, verse number one says this. I will love you. We can stay there all night. Oh Lord, my strength. The word strength there basically means that he will be a strength to you, that you would be able to actually survive against your enemies. That's the kind of strength that it's referring to there, that he is a strength to us. Verse number two is so loaded of who God is to you and I. The Lord is my rock. Number one, he is my fortress. Number two, he is my deliverer. Number three, not only is he that, but he's also my God. Number four, he is my strength. 
number five. Not the same strength as in verse number one. In whom I will trust my shield. I don't even know what number we on, but my shield. He's also my horn and he's my salvation. He is my stronghold. God is all of these things to you and I. He is all of these things. The, 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 where it says he's my rock, suggested that he's like a shelter, like a safety, like a secure standing. That's who God is to you. But what are you, what are you standing on? What are you relying on to be your strength, to be your rock? Who is your rock? Who is your fortress? God says, I am your fortress. That is speaking of strength and safety, security. That's who God is. He is your strength. He is your security. He is your safety. The word deliverer suggests that he is the one who, listen to this, who makes a way of escape. He is your deliverer. Yes, we like, we know that he definitely kicks devil butt, no question. He will deliver you from the enemy, but he also makes a way of escape for you. He is our deliverer, and he is our God. And if you look at the way that this particular psalm is written, this would really suggest and speak of God as, as our God, but in a mighty sense, like he is a mighty God. How many of you can say Amen. It's interesting that the word strength here is not the same word used in verse number one, but this word actually suggests that he's like a source of strength. He's like a fountain of strength. He's like someone that we go to and we draw strength from, like almost like refreshing, that type of strength. Are you with me? So he is all of these things. He is a shield to us. In other words, he is the one who defends us. A shield defends you both on your lower parts and your upper parts. So you could say it's like defending your, your heart and your head. Not only your, not only your head, but your heart, your mind, your soul, your heart, everything. He's a shield. He's a protector. Amen. I know you're not that excited. That's okay. I'll jump just now all by myself. He is a horn. A horn means defense. A horn means strength. A stronghold. He is a tower of refuge. He is he's a, a tower of refuge to keep the enemy away and to protect you from the adversary. He's all of this, guys. So he is our stronghold, our horn, our shield, our deliverer, our fortress, our strength. He is our protector. He is our healer. He is our peace. God is all of this to you and me. That's who he is. All of this. But that's not all. Let's go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. It's very interesting because the psalm starts, and this is a psalm of David. In fact, so was the last one. It starts by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. So not, excuse me, only is he all of what I've just read to you, but he is also your shepherd. Now what's very interesting, immediately when we see the word shepherd, we think of a shepherd boy in the pastures. And yes, he is that to us because the text describes a shepherd. But what's very interesting is in the Old Testament text, you'll find out that kings were referred to as shepherds. Kings were referred to as shepherds. Let's go to 1 Kings 22 verse 17 so I can show this to you. Because I know some of you are saying, that's not right. Then he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his, to, 
to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me? So he was talking about a shepherd that had caused the children of Israel to scatter and he was referring to the king. So the king is given as a comparison to a shepherd. Are you with me? The good thing about our shepherd in Psalm 80 verse number one is this is what it says about him. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, who lead Joseph, who led Joseph like a flock, who dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. Who is that shepherd? That's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. That's the God of all creation. He is our king. He is our shepherd, but he is also our king. And this image of a shepherd is not only as a shepherd boy, but as a king. It's power and authority. He is the one who takes care of you, and he is he is a king, guys. God is a king. He is a king. He's mighty. He is all-powerful. He can take care of every single desire, every single need, every single problem. And if you take a look at the very next part of the verse, take a look at what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. Yes, he's my shepherd. He takes care of me like a shepherd. He provides for me all that stuff. We know what a shepherd's like with his sheep, but don't overlook the fact that he is royalty, that he is a king. And look at what it says. Because of who he is, the Bible says, I shall not want. So let me ask you a question. What will you want? Oh, come on, say it a little bit louder than that nothing <laughs> nothing you will have no need he will take care of everything he will take care of everything he is your shepherd he is your king and he will make sure that you have everything you need to make it to fulfill the purpose and the plan the destiny that God has called you to walk in he will make sure you have no want that's the God you serve. That's who He is. The Bible says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, He will give us rest in green pastures. Green pastures represent a safe place, a nourishing place. I remember when I was a child and I was afraid, I remember going on a youth camp, school youth camp. I think it was like, 11 years old, maybe younger, I can't remember. I was very young and being terrified because they were telling stories about Ouija boards and all this stuff and I was so afraid and I got into bed and the fear was overwhelming. And I remember singing this little song, the Lord is my shepherd, I'll follow him always. He leads me by still waters, I'll follow him always. And I would sing this song with fear that was so overwhelming and suddenly the fear would lift. It was the most incredible thing, and I would lie in that bed in that little Rondavel bungalow, and if you don't know what that means, go look it up, it's an African word. And I would, and I would be in this small little circular chalet, lying in that room, the lights were off, everyone was asleep, and that fear suddenly left, and the peace that came over me was something I could not describe, because it, I didn't even know if I understood what it meant, but I remember lying there thinking that he is my shepherd. He will provide. He'll take care of me. And, and, and in my innocence as a small little boy, I remember experiencing that peace. 
So he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, a place of rest, a place of peace, a place of refreshing. In fact, still waters really speaks of peaceful waters. Peaceful waters. One thing I love about God is that no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, the Bible tells us that He restores my soul. Oh, that's good news for some of us. He restores. To restore means it was like something before, but you've lost that. Your soul might be broken. Your soul might be hurt. Your soul might be suffering. But God has an ability to come in as your shepherd, as your king. And he comes in and he takes you to a place of peace and rest and refreshing. And he heals and restores your soul. It's so powerful. See, the truth is you don't have to add that much. You don't have to say, add much commentary to his word because in itself it's just so powerful. In fact, the more commentary we give, the more we mess it up. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, my God, this is powerful, guys. This part of the verse is so powerful. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Proverbs 4, verse number 11 says this. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. He wants to take us into straight paths, into paths of righteousness. But here's the great news. If you lose your way, if you've stepped off the path, if you're not, if the path has gone a little bit crooked or you're just not on that straight path anymore, Proverbs 3 verse number 6 says this, Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. He will get you back on the right path. He will lead you back. The, another translation would say, he makes my path straight. In other words, if you're walking on a crooked path, if you're walking in a path that's, that's maybe not the way it's supposed to, if you make a decision to seek him again in all of his ways, he will make that path straight. He will restore that path. He will put you back on the right path. That's the God that you serve. That's the God that we serve. He's a restorer. He's a healer. He is, a, he is our peace. He makes our path straight. He's the one who will protect us. He's the one who will provide for us. He does all of this. He is enough. He is more than enough. Let's go back to... Psalm 23, verse number three, he restores my soul, leads me in paths of righteousness. Now listen to this. For his name's sake, for his name's sake, I was reading some of the commentators and the majority of commentators that really look into the text deeply, deeply suggest that what it's really saying is that it will do this for the sake of his name. What is his name? He is, I am. What does that mean? That means he, I am your healer. I am your provider. I am your restorer. In other words, he will do all of these things. He will put you back on the right path because that's who he is. That's his name. For his name's sake, he will do it because that's the God we serve and he is enough. 
He's more than enough. More than enough. And then it says, Ye though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I could spend a lot of time here, but I don't want to do that. But basically, no matter what you're going through, no matter how dark your hour is, your moment is, no matter what you're dealing with right now, whether you're sitting here or you're watching online, I want you to know that if you seek Him, if you do what it says, if you seek His will in all that you do, if you do that, the Bible tells us He will, he will show you which path to take or He will make your path straight. But yeah, it says, listen, no matter what, when you're going through evil, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have anything to fear because He is with you. His rod and staff comfort you. His rod and staff will pull you. His staff will pull you away. It will also beat off any enemy. It will... I don't know if any of you have seen the little animation of the new movie David that's coming out. But in this animation of, D of David, this new movie that's coming out that they're making, it's incredible how David does everything in his power to save this little sheep, to protect this little sheep to the point where he actually puts his own life to, to, to the point of absolute probable death. Well, I want you to know that he did that for you. Your shepherd did that for you. He was willing to give his life so that you could be made safe, so that you don't have to walk in fear, so that you could be protected, so that you could be provided for, so that you could have peace, so that you could be blessed, so that you could have provision. He, he did absolutely everything in his power to make sure that you would have all of that by putting his life at risk. In fact, he gave his life. He is enough. He is enough. You don't need anybody else. You don't need anything else. Well, you know, Pastor, I'm very lonely. I understand. Wait, be patient. But right now, God is enough. Right now, God is enough. Don't compromise your morals, your values, because you, you're so desperate. Wait for God. He's enough. He's enough right now. He's enough. Amen. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Again, we could spend so much time here and one day I'll do it because there's so much about the anointing oil. The fact that he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Listen, even in the midst of whatever you're going through, God will still bless you, protect you, provide for you. He will take care of you. The, the, where, where the, they would anoint the sheep's head with oil. What they would do is they would put this, this, this salt, this oil on their, on their eyes and the, the flies would scatter and go away. So everything the enemy wants to do, God will take care of it. No matter what he's trying to do, he will protect you. He will provide for you. He will anoint you. He will bless you. That's what he wants to do. Can somebody give the Lord a shout in this place? He's enough. He's enough. And then he says, surely goodness and mercy. Where does that come from? It comes from him. He's the one who gives us mercy. He's the one who gives us goodness. And it will follow you. 
some of the days of your life. All of the days of your life. And then he says this, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Oh God, this is so good. You know what he says? Forever, forever. In other words, not only now, not only in this life, but in the next life, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You will forever be my God. You will forever be my King. You will be the one who provides for me. You will be my protector. You will be my healer, my deliverer in this life and the next. When the, when the lights go out, when the clock strikes 12, when it's all said and done on this earth, we enter into the next life and he will still be our king. He will still be our God. And I will dwell with him here and I will dwell with him there forever, 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 forever. Forever. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a shout in this place. He will be your God forever. You will dwell in His house forever. Forever. When I was praying, I heard the Lord say, I am enough. We look to all kinds of things to find satisfaction, we look to all kinds of things to find solutions. When every solution, every need will be met by one person and his name is Jesus. By one person, the God who was, who is and is to come. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He was good enough then, he was enough now and he'll be enough tomorrow. He will forever be enough. You need nothing else. He is all that you need. He is all we need. Yeah, I don't feel, I don't really care how you feel. Because if we go on feelings, we cannot, we, we, we are walking by sight. You have to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Now watch, because we're going to take a little detour now. Let's go to John 6, verse number 1. John 6, verse number 1. How many of you can say, I believe that God is enough. He's enough for me. He is all I need. He is enough. Because everything else comes from Him. <laughs> John 6, verse number 1. Jesus is with His disciples. It says, and after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. When a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now there's Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But the Bible tells us why he said this. It says, but he said this to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. 
I want you to know that don't think that those disciples were the only ones who were tested every now and then. God will test to see what's in your heart, whether you believe or whether you don't, whether you have faith or whether you don't. In whom do you put your trust? And then it says, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? But we all know what happens. Let's read it quick. Then Jesus said in verse number 10, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in a number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to his disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, <laughs> this truly is the prophet he is to come into the world. I want us to go back. The disciples realized that what they had was no ways gonna be enough to provide for all of those people. There were 5,000 people at that place that needed to eat, that needed to be fed. And the disciples knew that they did not have anything remotely close to what it would take to feed those 5,000. And Jesus was testing to see if they believed that he could do it. So one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, <laughs> said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. And then they say, but what is that? You see, the truth is, is that you may feel just like that, that you don't have that much to offer, that God can't use you because you have very little for him to do something great with. But the truth is, is that all he needs is the, is the loaves and the fishes. He doesn't need anything more. But here's the interesting thing, because the blessing, does it come from the loaves or the fishes? Yes, it does, but who's the one who does it? Jesus does it, right? You see, the truth is that some of us get so caught up in wanting to do more. Well, I haven't done enough. Well, I need to do more. Well, you know, I should have done better because otherwise if I'd done better, then that thing wouldn't have happened. Well, the truth is all that you have is your loaves and fishes and you need to give it to Him because He is enough. He will provide. He will take care of it. As a pastor, I can only do so much. 
I can't do more. You can't expect me to give you the breakthrough. You can't expect me to be your provider. You can't blame me for if something goes wrong in your life. All I can do is my part. I can provide loaves and fishes, but he's the one who does everything. Can you say amen? And so it is in the life of each and every one of us. You think it's your fault because you didn't do enough, because you could have done a better job. Stop trying to do everything on your own and just give him the loaves and fishes. He gave those to you anyway, so provide that to him and watch what he will do. He will be the one who will bless. He will be the one who provides. He will be the one who takes care of it. He will be the one who delivers. He will be the one who gives everything necessary. All you have to do is give what he's given you back to him. Just give it to him. And I want to say this as well. You can't be dependent on other people for your breakthrough. There is only one who is enough, and that is he himself. You can't expect a counselor to always give you the solution. You can't expect the church itself as the corporate body, in other words, this place, to be the solution. The one who is enough is he himself. There is only one shepherd. There is only one deliverer. There is only one healer. There is only one provider, and his name is Jesus. And he should be your source. He should be more than enough. Hey! <laughs> watching you, boy. <laughs> I think he's watching the screen over there, and I'm looking at him watching the screen. Just thought I'd see if he's awake. He's awake, by the way. He's awake. So don't worry. <laughs> I want this to set so many people free. I, I could have preached this, I could have preached three different sermons tonight. But it's one message for all of us and that's the powerful thing about it. You might be in a place where you really need God. The fact is, the truth is, we all really need Him. You might need a, a breakthrough in provision. You might need a breakthrough in healing. You might need your soul to be healed. You might need deliverance. You might need a way out. You might need a deliverance from the enemy. There's only one who can do that for you. There's only one who is enough to take care of that. You might be sitting here this evening and you might be someone that's saying, listen, I haven't done enough. Listen, stop trying so that God can finally step in and do it. Just... Give him your loaves and fishes. Well, you know, I didn't do enough. No, the problem is you're doing too much. Get out of the way and let him take over. Get out of the way. And you might be sitting here and you might be someone that's always thinking that someone else must take care of your problems. Someone else, a person, an individual must be the person that will take care of your need, your desire, your problem, your issue, whatever it is. I want to tell you there's only one that can really take care of that. There is only one who can do it. Because he is enough. He is more than enough. Amen. Amen. Now let me read one more thing to you. Are you guys okay this evening? I want to go back to Psalm 18. Just put verse number one on. Just leave that on for just a moment. 
God is more than enough to take care of every possible situation that you are facing. Every fear, every anxiety, every depression, everything. He is enough. But it's interesting because when you look at the psalmist, especially this one, who somehow just seems to be very, very special, it's David. And he starts the psalm by saying these little words, I will love you. He says, he says, I will love you, my strength. And this, where he's saying my strength here, he's speaking to God as his strength, as his provision, as his protector. But he starts it out by saying, listen, I will love you. You see, God is more than enough. But the question is, will you love him? Will you choose him over everything else? What's most important to you? We always sometimes look at God as almost like just a pile of blessings that we need. But the truth is that from the very beginning, all he did was design and create a people that he would love and love back. That they would love him back. And when there was a crazy little shepherd boy that would kill lions and bears with his little slingshot, that would be courageous enough to decide that he would love him back. He used him to change the world. He was the one that was overlooked he was the one that was, they didn't bring him out when the prophet came to town. He was the one left in the fields. What, may, what might seem impossible, you might think that you, it can't be you. God can't use you. God won't bless you. God, no, why not? Why not? Well, maybe you didn't do it right up until now. Did you not hear that he's the one who will get you back on the right straight path? Did you not hear that he's a good king, a good shepherd? He's not like the other ones. And in fact, there's scriptures that, where God rebukes all the shepherds. <laughs> and at that point, he's not talking to pastors. He's talking to kings, amen. <laughs> amen. The question tonight, if you really want a breakthrough, an encounter, whatever it is that you desire from him this evening. Stop for one moment and forget about what you want and answer the question, do you love him? The way that he, we know he loves us because his word tells us and he's already done it all, he's given his son. Do you love him? We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more teaching like this and other material, please visit our website at www.oceansunite.com.